At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Please don't call me sir. It makes me sound old. Be nice me. I suppose you could, couldn't you? Consequence Podcast Network. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much, as always, for checking out this series. Uh, please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week. New ones every Monday, Wednesday and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists. Discover some new ones and know what's happening in the music world. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast. Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Fog Hats, going to be talking with uh, co-founder and drummer Roger Earl about the band's new live album, Eight Days on the Road. He's going to tell us about connecting with their classics through the years and how new member uh, new members change the dynamics of the songs. Also, when he says Humble Pie joined Fog Hat with uh, Charlie Hoon's hiring uh, several years ago. Uh, we're also going to head back into the 70s when they wrote the title track, Eight Days on the Road. And of course, their classic slow ride and its lasting impact, especially with younger fans when it arrived on uh, on Guitar Hero in the mid-2000s. Then we'll actually dive back to 1981. It's, it's a bit of an overlooked era for Foghat. This is when they were experimenting with New Wave, especially on the album Girls to Chat and Boys to Bounce. I want to hear about what that was like. And finally, we'll also get an update on their next record, which we're told they're working hard at right now. So let's do this. It's Kyle Meredith with Foghat. Hi, Kyle. How are you doing? I'm great, man. It's a pleasure to see you on here. Uh, congrats on this live record. This has been a, a really fun one to listen to. Thank you. Uh, we recorded it at the end of uh, 19. Uh, and then, of course, COVID hit and uh, we were off for a year and a half and it's our 50th anniversary. So uh, we were really pleased with the way it sounded. Um, it was recorded at Daryl's House Club, upstate New York in Pauling. Fabulous sounding room. We don't usually get a chance to play uh, 
such a intimate venue. Uh, but that particular weekend, we were we had a sprinter band. We we did three or four shows in a row. They were all between like 300 and 400 miles apart, so we can drive them. Really? <laughs> Back in the van. Uh, yeah, we're in the van, man. Daryl's House Club is fantastic. The, the, they have some incredible recording equipment there. They had a five-camera high-def shoot. And, um, you know, we've been doing this for about 50 years, so we can pretty much... Actually, Folkhat's always done a bunch of live stuff. Over the years, we've uh, released, you know, obviously our, our uh, live album in 77 that went double platinum. Um, it's, it's always been about playing live with this band. It's um, We take pride in that. Nobody sort of gets whacked before the show or drinks or anything like that. Um, do what you want afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Just now before, it's business. But, but yeah, um, you know, playing... Uh, Playing music is like, a, no, no, it's special. You've got to treat it special. People pay with good money to come and see you. They don't want to see some idiot drooling on himself and falling over. <laughs> so uh, we've hit, we actually we've adhered to that throughout the years. I may have played with a couple of hangovers once or twice in my youth, but not anymore. <laughs> it's the way it changes through the years. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, when I look back in Charles' history, and, and just the tour horses that you've been right from the get-go, right? Right from day one. And to continue to play these songs at the level that you all have played them. I mean, these songs are timeless. How do you find that you still tap into that, that, that part of the song that keeps it special? Are, are you able to connect with it in the same way that you always have? Practice, practice, practice. <laughs> you know, um, I remember uh, when we were doing the live album in 1977, um, we rented the uh, RCA mobile unit. Nick Jamieson, our longtime uh, producer, also the bass player in on uh, the Call for the City album, um, was doing the honors. And what happened was we were we were get, supposed to go in the studio, but uh, but Rod and Dave were a little bit short on tunes and stuff. And I said, well, let's do a live album because I would record every night. I would have a cassette cassettes back then, and I would listen to it. My front of house engineer Bob Coffey would give me a cassette every night just to check tempos, feel, make sure everybody's, you know, in the right spot. Um, there was a lot of youthful enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> so getting back to like, yeah, um, I have, you know, having a year and a half off because of the COVID nightmare was, um, it took me a couple of weeks to like get back up to speed as far as I practiced pretty much every day, every other day, or maybe I'll take a few days off, but I either sit down on my pads and work with my hands and feet, you know, but playing drums is, is there's a, there's a mechanical side of it. You have to be, there's a mechanics to it, you know, left, right, right, left, right, left, double, 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 and that. It's a nice drum solo. Yeah, but actually, I haven't done one yet. I usually do one, but, um, most of the dates at the moment have been 75 minutes. So if you're like, we just played with uh, Todd Rungren at um, the Moon Dance Jam. That was fun. Todd was absolutely fantastic. Um, he he helped us out on our first and second album. He played piano and guitar on some stuff. He did some rough mixes for us and like generally uh, pointed us in the right direction. So I hadn't seen him since 
74. Uh, anybody gets a chance to see Todd Rundgren go out and say, oh, I'm sorry, we're, supp oh, we're supposed to be promoting our record. Sorry. I'd rather talk about Todd Rundgren. <laughs> it is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame year. I understand. All props to Todd Rundgren, you know? It's... <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, well, I, I would say then the flip side then, you know, um, so that's how you connect with these songs after so many yeah. years. But does your has your relationship changed with any of these songs, especially with with different players over the years in, in, in different roles? Do you find that that changes the way that you connect with the song when someone else is is in that position? Yeah. Uh, when you interpret the way you interpret it, like when we lost. Um, well, with Rob, Rob Price, our original guitar player, lead and slide player left. Brian Bassett, our lead and slide guitar player, also produces and engineers everything for us. We played with Dave, learned some Dave for a, a while. So Brian's actually been with us like for 24 years, probably. He's actually toured with Rod as well, him and Rod in the same band. So uh, they, they connected on that level. And also, well, the hardest part, I think, well, there were always hard parts, actually. Like when Dave left, you know, when Dave passed, uh, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do at the time. I, I just wanted to take a break because that was really that was really tough on us. <clears throat> and I was getting a bunch of, uh, you know, songs on cassettes and stuff. Maybe even CDs had come out by then. And I, and I listened to people and it was, wasn't really a... I wasn't really impressed, but I remembered one time we played a show when Dave was alive uh, in Cleveland, and uh, on the on the bill was Humble Pie. Now Stevie Marriott was the original lead singer in Humble Pie. Now Charlie Hune is the lead singer in Humble Pie, and uh, they were opening up for us. So I said to Dave, "Let's uh, let's go out and see what this singer's got under his fingernails." He's singing our song, Stevie Marriott songs. CB and I like, became really good mates. We did tons of shows together. What a riot he was. Uh, um, so we go out there, the band starts, Dave and I are standing on the side of the stage, the band starts playing and I don't know, they didn't sound all that good. And then Charlie Hume started singing Humble Pie songs. And I'm going, wow. I mean, anybody who can like give a close facsimile of Stevie Marriott's uh, beautiful how, you know, he's a great singer as far as I'm concerned. So I remembered that. And then I said to my road manager at the time, his name was Mike. I said, uh, Mike, do you, uh, do you have the phone number of that guy who sang with Humble Pie? He said, yeah. I said, okay, um, you think you could get it for me? He said, yeah. Um, you know what his name is? Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being, I'm being cruel. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Um, I got uh, Charlie's phone number. I called him and asked him if he was interested in joining Folkat. And he said, yes, he was. So I sent him 30 songs. Um, my girlfriend at the time said, anything that's rather a lot, you know, there's a lot of songs to learn. I said, if he wants the gig, he'll learn it. It was also giving me time to sort of deal you know we're losing dave and yeah i didn't want to jump right back in it anyway charlie called me up about two months later he was working at ford on the line and he was putting in headliners in uh, expeditions and stuff hard work but uh 
anyway, he called me up and said, I got it. Uh, he came to the house and we sat in the living room and uh, he started singing songs and I played on my practice pad. It sounded like Humble Pie had joined Folkat, which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, uh, that that's it. Uh, he's a He's a great singer. And more importantly for me with Charlie is that he's always ready to sing. Dave was the same way, you know, always ready. Not There's no hesitation about it. I think sometimes uh, Charlie sort of is a little, um, I don't know, he's, he's not quite, in some ways he's a bit like Dave. Dave was very shy, but when Dave got on stage, he'd sort of light up like a downtown Christmas tree. Um, and Charlie's a little bit more reserved, but um, he has a great voice and he's always ready to play. He loves going on stage, as do I. It's all about the music. Well, you all just continue to sound so good. And again, I'll bring that uh, that album that we're talking about back up again here with, with Eight Days on the Road. You really get a feel for that. And that title, I, I mean, I know it comes, it's a title, it's a, it's a track that comes from the, the, uh, the Rock and Roll Outlaws album. But... Um, just that that phrase, eight days on the road, as we talk about, you know, how much time you all have spent on tour through the years, it starts to, well, I guess it's always made a lot of sense to me that, you know, two of the big themes that, you know, arrive in a lot of your classic songs are the road, is the road and the vehicles that are on it. So, I mean, that's become such a big part of the lore. Was it just a natural thing because of how much time that you all were out there? It's more like 80,000 days on the road. Um, I, I, I always... Uh, Doug, the song. I always like the arrangement uh, of the song. It's an old R&B song. I'm trying to remember who it was originally done by. I can't remember now. But um, I always like the song. It sounds like a road song. It's like uh, it's good fun to play too because I get to play double bass drums in it and like pound away and play as hard as I can. I remember when we were recording. We recorded it in Rockfield in Wales, I think. And I remember Nick Jameson was producing it, I think, and uh, he said. Hit the drums harder, Rog. And I said, I am. He said, no, hit them a little harder. And that's where my middle name came from. Itamard. Itamard. <laughs> Sounds sort of like a little, like maybe some Middle Eastern promise. Itamard. Right, right. <laughs> so you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Well, yeah, I should also bring up, you know, one of the most infamous of all of those songs with Slow Ride, which... I, I, let me first say it was such an important song in my own coming of age, which happened much later than when the song came out. That song was still, I, I think, for me at the, at the time, uh, the movie Days to Confused had a lot to do with it. It was so prominently used in one of the greatest moments in that. And it's been used a lot in films. I mean, it, it is, does it come to a point where you start to associate that with any 
you know, major movie moments? Uh, not really, but I, I'll give you one example. Uh, when um, what was it? Guitar Hero came out, that wasn't us actually playing. They 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 did a pretty good facsimile of the guitars and vocals, and the the drums didn't sound like that. Yes, they did. They were fine. One, two, three, four. <laughs> uh, it's um, we had a whole bunch of like younger audience because of Guitar Hero. We had like six, eight year olds, ten year olds coming to the show going you know, digging these uh, old rock and rollers. And it was, um, you can't pay for that kind of publicity. And I remember at the time there was another band that was on there and they wanted to sue for some reason, Guitar Hero. And they called us, they called our management. And I said, don't be stupid. What is wrong with you people? Free publicity and you're complaining. I don't think that band's around anymore anyway. <laughs> You are. And, and let me say, uh, there's another point of your history I want to bring up because I feel like it's often overlooked and it just happens to be the 40th anniversary of this era. Talking about the girls to chat and boys to bounce. Like, I love this era of Foghat and I do know it gets looked over. It's kind of said this was you all experimenting with the new wave sounds that were going on at the time. Was that true for you? Um, not necessarily for me, but Dave, uh, said Dave was the main songwriter in the band. Uh, Rod Price, I think, had left the band by now. And yeah, Dave was checking out some new stuff. I mean, I think, I mean, how many times, I mean, we are a couple, we are a bunch of three called wonders. My, my, my older brother once said, he's four years older than me, he's a piano player. He played with Mungo Jerry, by the way. So cool. he has some, yeah, he played piano. He has something to say about it. He said, you know, Rog, uh, Anything other than three chords has to be viewed with a certain amount of suspicion. <laughs> uh, and that sort of stuck with us anyway. You know, it's a basic, you know, blues, rock and roll theme. So, uh, yeah. Well, it, I guess it's interesting to me because seeing, especially bands of, of, your, of this, your same era, you know, when you get to when, when, rock and pop starts shifting the way it yeah. did. Like, I know that critics were always hard on the bands when they tried new sounds that would come along with that. Fans usually had a problem with it too. And for an artist, you just want to try things. You just want to, you know, you experiments and that's but gotta I mean, be a weird give and take. End, I mean, on my end, I mean, you know, what I grew up listening to, you know, rock and roll, rhythm and blues, jazz to some degree, but mainly blues and rock and roll. And same with Dave. Dave had um, tremendous knowledge of all things music. In fact, I think he was a closet drummer because every time he put his headphones on and he'd, and he'd be listening to some music, he'd be sitting there going, are you playing drums, Dave? He'd go, what? <laughs> um, no, it was, I think my, you know, my job is to play for the song. Um, I think that's one of the reasons that I managed to stay in bands uh, that I played I played on lots of records as well, other people's stuff. It's because I play for the song. You listen to the words, you listen to the, the music, the changes, and that's what you're supposed to do. You play for the song. I mean, like all my uh, original, uh, the reason I got into music and, and the songs I listened to, I always listened to the drums as a supportive instrument. I mean, I'm, I could never be Buddy Rich because Buddy was, <clears throat> He was on another level. I was just, I'm just a mere mortal as far as that goes. Um, I play for the song. Uh, that, that's, 
and if you go in there and start sort of being overly clever and doing drum solos in a ballad, it's not going to work. The rest of the band's going to say, um, can you go away and come back another day? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when Dave started writing the songs, but I, I actually, I, I agree with you on, on that album, Voice of Chat and Girls to Bounce. No, Girls to Chat and Voice to Bounce. <laughs> right. um, I, I enjoyed making the record. I really enjoyed it. I loved playing it. And again, you know, it's playing for the groove, the tune. It's not about sort of, uh, though I did have to learn a couple of different things. I mean, I think with any time you uh, play a new song, you, you know, the way you approach it, Dave would come up with the song and then the band pretty much would arrange it. Uh, like Third Time Lucky, uh, uh, Dave came up with the song, but the band arranged that. And my brother played keyboards on it. But um, Girls to Chat and Boys to Bounce was a, was a very, I don't think it was such a, a, a stretch for us. Admittedly, there weren't any blues songs on there that we uh, changed around to suit us. But it was, um, music is music. Mm. Um, my uh, taste in music is, uh, is a lot, lot wider now than it was when I was like 15, 16 years old. It was like, no, it's, you know, no, no, not like that. So it's got more than three chords. <laughs> <laughs> I love that philosophy. A lot of my favorite bands, that's, that's sort of the philosophy that, you know, they, they keep to. Well, I'll bring it back around again, eight days on the road. It, this is such a fun record to listen to and hearing that you guys are still, you know, continuing to, to, you know, work on the future. I mean, there's another record on the, on that you're working on. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, we have a studio down in Deland, Florida, where the rest of the band lives. Um, in fact, uh, Brian Bassett, who's our head engineer and the bright one in the band, we were down there a couple of months ago, uh, set up the, uh, put new heads on the drums, retuned everything. Uh, we did some stuff with the floor to make the drums sound better because the drums don't so, sound good. Um, the rest of the band might as well go home. Uh, that's my philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then we plug in the board and start things up and of course some of the faders worked and some of them didn't the board is 21 years old and i'm sure technology has improved so brian's sitting over the board like going well, this is not working right and i said well let's get a new one um it's not like the old days like when we had our studio up here in paul jefferson near where i live we had a neve board it was second hand and it cost us um three quarters of a million dollars. I think wow. they're two million new. Right. You can get a board now for like anywhere between three and $10,000 or less, or just sit on your computer mm -hmm. for some of the brighter ones out there. Uh, so making music has in fact become a lot easier. Microphones are still expensive, you know, getting really good microphones, but um, you know, contemporary musicians, um, have it a little easier but they also have it harder because they can't earn a living i mean uh, i don't know about you know it must be awful for new bands trying to find somewhere to work somewhere to play and somebody to even give them a record deal because you it's it's a tough time out there for new new music to make it and often i think a lot of them are just um maybe a guitar player or a, a duo what about the drums and they have drum machines now I can play to a click track. Right. Got no soul. That, that's the old saying, right? No, no, no. no soul. Uh, song's got to have some movement. I agree. I, I do agree. 
Uh, I, I look forward to hearing what that next record brings too. But in the meantime, uh, Roger, again, congrats and thanks on this new live album, Eight Days on the Road. It's been a great listen and it's been uh, really fun talking to you today. Thanks so much for taking the time. Nice talking to you as well. Be safe out there. You Thank too, you. man. Take care. Bye-bye. My thanks to Roger Earl. Foghat, the new live album is called Eight Days on the Road. Thanks to you again for checking out this series. Do hit that subscribe button at uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Again, I put out brand new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists, discover some new ones, and know what's happening in the music world. After that... Head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. He hasn't seen fit to knight me just yet. I don't know what I'll be knighted for anyway. Maybe 25 years from now from being like, making it to 100. Did we get a letter from the Queen? Is that I what happens? Know. I don't know. It's it's. I don't know either. It's all a big mystery to me. The idea that when the big war comes and all the rock stars have to go to the front lines, that's the, that's the most amusing thing of being cold <laughs> served, I think, to me. It's... it's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you visit Arizona... Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.